Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Business Insights, a podcast series brought to you by Annex Business Media and MNP, one of Canada's leading national consulting firms. My name is Paul Grossinger, and I am the Director of Content at Annex Business Media, Canada's largest B2B media company. Today, I'm honored to speak with Jason Lee and Dev Mishra from MNP, who will be sharing their thoughts on the importance of continuous education in the workplace, especially as companies plan for success in a post-pandemic world. Jason and Dev, welcome to Business Insights. So uh, the focus of this chat uh, is really about upskilling and reskilling. And so uh, technology does play a role in that. And so, um, Jason, I'll start with you. Can you just sort of talk about what upskilling is and how companies approach it? Sure. I I guess how I would kind of describe upskilling is, you know, similar to how we approach project delivery. There's a there's an iterative way that we like to approach project delivery. And in similar fashion, you want to constantly kind of keep up in terms of pace um, in your employee skills, development, uh, mentoring, because technology is changing so fast right now. It's hard to have this like uh, career plan, let's say, that says, OK, in six months, I'm going to train on this one, because in six months, guess what? that might not be the flavor of the day, right? Um, And so you need to be able to respond quickly. And so today what we try to do is what we call upskilling is we're we're constantly pivoting just to ensure that my team, for example, is up to speed on the latest and greatest technology. It it changes from month to month sometimes in terms of where the customer's focusing, how much marketing is going on to, to, you know, all those buzzwords people will come to you with and say, Hey, I need to do AI for my company. I'm like, really, do you know what AI really means for your company? Right. Right. Um, But in that sense, we need to make sure that our team, our, our employees, our team members have the skills. And similarly, customers need to kind of understand that too, because they need to be tech savvy as well too. For sure. And Dev, a little bit of a twist on that question. Is there a difference between upskilling and reskilling? That's correct. Uh, in in um, upskilling, you can consider that you are acquiring a new skill. Uh, as an example, I, if you look at my career itself, I, I was a product manager. I was leading product uh, division for a telco uh, in 2014, al- almost up to then, almost 10 years, where I used to build products based on data but I never knew that this data will explode in coming years. And somebody needs to understand the predictive side of things or the analytic side of things. And I had to upskill. I had to leave the product marketing background behind and upskill myself as an AI and machine learning expert. So that's, I acquired a new skill completely, although my experience helped me, but this is a new skill. Now, reskilling would be consulting skills, right? Uh, we Every day we learn new things. Every day we meet a new client. So that experience helps us to innovate and uh, how, how we are refining our skills and adding, adding uh, for example, change management. Now, change management is a topic which will change based on the technology, based on the stakeholders. So that I would consider as a reskilling. For sure. And Dev, if you look back at the last year we, we've been in this pandemic, do you think um, businesses have had a new f- focus on, on upskilling and reskilling? Is that, has that been part of companies' ability to survive and maybe grow? 
That's a great question, I must say. Um, things had already started a few years back when online uh, training, online modules have been popular. People started rescaling, but uh, it just accelerated during the pandemic. People had so much of free time, and at the same time, there were pressure on job losses, and people have to be employable all the time. So well, the time and the and I think the opportunity matched together. Everybody. The online learning has exploded. In fact, most of the universities have added more and more online courses now. So to, to upskill yourself, you actually do not need to quit your job or take a full time now. Plus, if you look at the valuation of these online learning companies, that will tell the story. They have gone uh, you know, over the roof over the last one year uh, because of this. And I certainly believe that there is a fundamental change has happened and this change is going to stay. Like this is a step change. Jason, I'll ask you, like, when we look at this survey, one of the questions we asked was, what are your most significant growth constraints? First survey said that um, skill shortages, so 40% says skill shortages is a constraint. And in the second survey, 33% said skill shortages is a constraint. So not that far off, right? And so do you have any quick comments about sort of um, why businesses believe that skill shortages might be a constraint for them in the future? You know, the pandemic has shown that, you know, you can either be a, a leader or a, or a fast follower or, or, a, or someone that's going to fail miserably, right? Um, and the guys that are leading or, or being successful, they realize that, you know, if you want to be innovative, you need to have a few kind of ingredients there. One is, are you going to embrace some new technology, right? But technology or a technology platform alone isn't going to ensure success. You need to have the people and, and the process and knowledge of how to actually implement all that together to be successful. Um, you know, if you're a company that's 30 years old with a bunch of lifers and, and you know, you adopt some new technology platform, you're not going to have the skills um, you're going to, you're definitely going to have a skill shortage. And this is where, you know, back to your question about the difference between upskill and reskill, reskill, those guys are going to have to learn a completely new thing, right? Whereas in upskill, you're enhancing the breadth and depth that you have already, right? So right. maybe you're a data guy and, you know, you need to add um, AI or, or, you know, to, to your kind, kind of your complement of skills. Whereas reskilling, you're, you're, you're a carpenter and all of a sudden now you're gonna start designing, you know, computer software. It, it's, it's a big shift, right? Upskilling's got a better progression to it. For sure. And I guess just to put my own experience on this, like a few years ago, we implemented Salesforce across our company, right? And so yeah. for some, if I'm thinking of it, that was an upskill because some of them already use some type of CRM, CRM cloud, but yeah. to a lot of our experienced sales staff and doing it 30, 40 years, this is a whole reskill because they're, they're accustomed to the, the napkin and the paper as, as a sort of a, an example. So in the simplest terms, can that be the difference between upskilling and reskilling? Yeah. And I think the similarities is, is also, you know, between upskill and reskilling, it's all about, can you leverage the technology that you're going to implement? Right. You know, if, if you're reskilling and you can leverage the Salesforce, let's say, that's going to help you. And if you're upskilling from another CRM to Salesforce, let's say, all those features that you're, you're, 
learning and being able to leverage, that's going to help you too. Just to add into what Jason was saying on this topic particularly, if you remember earlier to Salesforce or any CRM, we used to maintain Excel spreadsheets, right? The uh, entire objective was uh, manage your prospects in an organized way, right? But there was so much of need. Salesforce just brought in, uh, identified the need and made every sales executive technically empowered. And that upskilling is required to stay, uh, you know, st uh, 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 keep the pace with the changing technology. However, if you, let's say, completely change your model, your role, you from there, you just, okay, I will go do an account uh, management role, only one account deep into that account. Right. That would be a complete uh, different skill you are acquiring. For you sure. know, you know, on record, I must say, Microsoft Dynamics is better than Salesforce. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we were going through that uh, process, it was between the two, yeah. right? Of course. Oh, like, you know, m is a huge Microsoft shop, so. Okay. It's <laughs> joking. <laughs> right. Well, it's funny because we're a Dynamics house, right? And, uh, and so, uh, sorry, on, on the financial side, we use Microsoft and it would have been easier to use Microsoft to tie in with our accounting, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But we went to Salesforce route. And then uh, we were Salesforce, like T4G. From Salesforce, we have come to Dynamics. Oh, I see. <laughs> Got it. And then, and then I guess, Deb, I'll, I'll ask this question. Like, I know over the last year, a lot of companies have been focused on survival, just making sure that they can have enough money and applying for subsidies and the government support. Do you think a lot of companies did focus on training and upskilling or reskilling or were they just in survival mode and they had to find new supply chains or what, what did you find when speaking to clients in terms of sort of the, the talent and, and the skill sets they were having? So one of the challenges everybody had was uh, either manage your cost or focus on areas of new revenue channels last year to survive. So those companies who focused on managing cost, they focused around how they can, you know, rather than spending money on events or marketing, how can, uh, rather direct towards uh, uh, leveraging the features of every technology uh, they already have. For example, companies which are on Azure already on cloud, they might be new to the environment, but they don't know that they're just, the tip of the iceberg is two to 5% of that they are using. By empowering their employees to go on a lot of online training, by the way, Microsoft training, everything is free and online available. Uh, that is one of the best things that Microsoft did, I guess. They have they have kept tremendous amount of focus on training. So that upskilling has helped employees not only to make themselves you know, knowledgeable, but also manage the existing infrastructure way more efficiently so that the cost was kept in check last year. Yep. At the same time, this, this has uh, you know, given Companies like ours, like consulting companies, got a huge uplift in up new opportunities. So we were initially scared that things come to a halt. But if you look, because we, every company wanted to leverage technology, they needed more help and they came to us and we somehow sustained with a new revenue channel. I see. And Jason, you spoke about this before, about everyone wants to live in that digital transformation world, whether it's AI or machine learning and so, sort of, and I guess, the challenge for some companies is that they want to digitally transform, but the question is, do they have the people to actually do it? And is that something that that you've had discussions with about sort of the chicken and the egg thing first? <laughs> do people get the people first and then transform? 
Yeah, yeah, and, and definitely we've been having that conversation with a lot of companies, both uh, you know medium-sized enterprise and, and the large enterprise customers, and you get the full gamut of answers there, right? And, and maturity. Um, you have the the companies that are like, we we know we need to take this opportunity to do something. We're just not sure how to do it, and, right. and it's both a people and a technology. Uh, conversation. You've got the big companies that have their own innovation labs that are quite mature in, in their processes that have people that have been constantly in a upskilling a mode. They just need some fine tuning during kind of this, this pandemic because of, you know, it, it's new, right? We're all new to it, but a company like uh, MMP, we're, we're able to kind of pivot a little bit faster. So we can use our experience to say, okay, this is what we would recommend you to do. But uh, yeah, in general, a lot of people are finding it challenging, you know, what's the right formula there? And it's not, it's not, it's not the same for everyone, right? Like some people it is have the people ready, right? Um, And then, and then adopt the technology. Um, I think it, it depends because like, even just internally, it's a, it's resourcing is always difficult, right? Especially in the more volatile the market gets, the harder it is to get really high quality resources. Um, and so if you don't have that infrastructure for recruiting, that, that could be a huge problem, right? Because you could be like, hey, I just bought Dynamics. I'm ready to implement this whole new Salesforce for our entire sales organization. Go, go find me these, these people. Right. If that's five months later, hey, you, you, you might have just missed the boat. So Right, right. Yeah, and Dev, I'll follow up with you in terms of sort of is Canada producing the right talent and, and to, to take advantage of new technologies like AI and, and automation? Like it must be hard for, for people to find talent these days, or is it? I don't know. I would say uh, we are doing way better than before. Um, when I was doing my master's in 2014, at that time, the program I went to was the first program in Canada. Uh, actually. But today, if you look at all the universities, most of the universities already have a master's dedicated to uh, analytics or AI or machine learning. Definitely, there is one or two programs in that space. So in last five, six years, there have been there have been a tremendous growth. And if you look at the, they call it the new Silicon Valley is the Canada or Montreal or Toronto, right? A lot of AI is happening. So there is a talent uh, pool that we are building in this space, especially. But you know, the demand is so much that you cannot always say that you have met the talent uh, the supply. So I think, I think it re- requires continuous improvement going forward as well. Right. Uh, we are doing well, we are doing better than before. I guess one of the things that we wanted to to talk about was the whole idea of business leadership, right? And so, and so um, I guess that comes from the top down, whether you're a small, mid-sized company. Dev, can you just talk a little bit about the C-suite and their role in upskilling and the whole idea of matching people with what might that company's future will be? So that's, the, that's again, a very good question. A lot of companies, uh, the top leadership, if they do not understand the change that is happening on the ground, there would be a difference of uh, leadership, uh, the difference between the leadership thinking and actual employees uh, growth, right? Or the company's growth. So what I have noticed in my experience working with CEOs of 
various companies, mid-size and enterprise, that they are conscious. Nowadays, it is so popular that the uh, CEOs are very conscious of the fact that they have to upskill themselves and they have to make sure that, and there are so many, uh, so many educational material that is being built by like Harvard, Stanford, and uh, Schillick, and uh, like uh, Queens, that they are targeting only for business uh, leaders. Uh, and, and those are, you don't, do not require to go deep and technical, but you can understand how the technology can create value for a particular function, maybe finance, maybe, you know, sales, right? And that's very, very uh, helpful to, to CEOs. The another aspect I have seen is there's few CEOs I know, they have done a re reverse mentoring. So they have actually mentors who are recent graduates from universities. So they make a small group and put these graduates in that group so that when, when they interact with these uh, young kids who are just fresh from school, they bring a very different perspective uh, to the table of leadership discussions. So that, that is also happening. Right. And Jason, I'll just throw this out to you in the sense that a lot of people pay lip service to training and education and continuous learning. Has COVID, do you think, changed that where people realize that we need to be up to par on our skill sets? I, I think people are realizing this is your opportunity to actually either play catch up or, or uh, develop a, a protocol or process for that. Yeah. Um, I think developing on devs point there, I think one, the C-suite, this is a, a great opportunity for them to actually learn about how to leverage technology better. Um, so they could, they, they're educated on that. And then to your point about, you know, the, the top down philosophy and how that's done. Uh, my advice is, you know, that everyone always has great ideas, great perks, great training advice. We all work for companies where it's like, Hey, you get 10 days of training a, uh, a year and X amount of dollars. The problem I find and the, and the challenge is executing on that. There's never a good time for training. There's never a lull in, in project delivery where you can go and take five days off and, and do a training course. That's the part that C-suite leaders need to focus on, right? Because you can't actually put that responsibly onto someone that's a manager because guess what? It's going to impact your revenue big time. When you say, hey, yeah, I got 10 guys out of 20 that want to take training next month. What's that going to do to your bottom line? That manager can't make that call. The C-suite needs to be the leader in that case and be like, hey, there is a focus on this. It is important. It will drive revenue in an exponential way versus you know, pulling them out for five days or whatever. For That's sure. super important to, to understand. And very few organizations, I find that when I'm talking to them, get that. I see. And I guess one of the things you want to talk about just to sort of sort of near the end of our chat is, is how do we make this all sustainable? Like, I think we're all in that COVID mindset now where we're pivoting and we're changing things on a daily basis and the difference between short-term and long-term thinking. And how do we make all this new, I'm going to say mindset sustainable where it's ongoing and it's just not until maybe we're all vaccinated. I don't know. 
<laughs> First of all, I would say people might have, a lot of people might have seen the benefit of it by now. It's almost a year that people have spent their time on learning. So the benefits are visible to them. So they would, there is an incentive right, right there to continue this effort. However, uh, you know, this is, as Jason was saying, this should be top down. This should be given by the leaders. Uh, they should realize the long-term benefit of uh, upscaling and, and also understand the challenges of everyday changing technologies in the market. So upscaling employees is a critical success, uh, part of our critical criteria for the success of the organization. And they should make sure that the, it is budgeted, it is being transferred uh, down to the employee level well, and, and it is informed properly. There has to be some information section about talking about the benefits of this and, and the organization alignment with the organization strategic goals. Um, when it comes to actually taking time off and doing, I'm sure, you know, there is change has happened. The change is going to stay. But once things open back up, there will be pressure on availability, time availability and resource availability. So it, we, may, we may see a dip, but I don't think that dip will be significant. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, when, when the pandemic started, if you recall, you know, people were worried about going virtual. Um, and, uh, and, and most companies um, that are still around were able to do it in record time, right? I think similarly for upskilling in, in, this, in this kind of day and age of, of pandemics now, you need to look at it more rather than kind of like this overhead thing or this afterthought, you need to think of training as something that is mission critical to revenue generation and sales. Right. Um, I often used to say like HR and resourcing, a lot of organizations still look at them as overhead, right? Back office, that, that type of uh, resource. I always try to look at it as they're an integral part of our sales funnel, right? Because without them, you're not going to close that business if you don't have the people to do it. Similarly, if you look at training as, as that kind of a, a piece, um, you absolutely need to have training, upskilling, reskilling in order to be able to deliver on the, on the, the objectives and goals that you have from a technology perspective. Um, and so, yeah, we just need to adjust to it. I'm hoping, I'm hoping we go back to some, some form of normal, but really in reality, I, I feel like these types of things might happen more and more in the future. We just need to be more prepared for it, right? Yeah, no, I guess I guess we're all in that. Like I'm looking at ways where we can upskill our staff and, and and everything else. And it's time. Like as you say, like even we have staff who take vacation days and they say, Hey Paul, I want a vacation day, but I might work an hour or two. I go, No, take the vacation right. day. Like like as part of the C suite at my company, I have to say, and I wanna say, take it. Like you're entitled to this. This is good for you. And hopefully. I guess not thinking about the revenue, but hopefully a day off or a refresher will help you next week when you are are busier, right? And so the whole idea of of trying to battle that training, that time off to train or that time off for vacation, where it can lead to better business down the road, it's a hard mindset for our staff to take, not just the C-suite. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, you you touch on a really good point there because, you know, not only are you refreshed, but when you when you train up somebody, 
their efficiency should go up, right? Because hopefully they're training up on stuff that's actually uh, more automated, more, um, you know, faster to market, right? And if you know that, then, you know, something that may have taken two months to code, now you're using some kind of platform or technology that's using low code and you're getting it out in two weeks, right? Um, and if you train them up for three days, hey, you know, I'm no mathematician, but like that works for me. For sure. <laughs> yeah, and Dev, uh, Dev, I'll give you the last word on that. If you can just talk about sort of the importance of efficiency as it relates to upskilling and reskilling. So uh, you all were talking about, it reminded me of the example in childhood we used to get, uh, you cut the tree continuously or you take a break, sharpen your ax and you, and you cut it. So you'll be faster, you'll be able to cut the tree faster in the second method, right? So this is completely apt to our example, but we're discussing upskilling or reskilling is important. It is going to definitely add to the efficiency of our, our consultants. And especially in our business or any, any business where there is technology involved, uh, the time it takes uh, will drastically reduce because uh, the computer is doing a lot of work. So, uh, and you talked about RPA in between. So remote process automation, RPA is another uh, area where, you know, a lot of things are being automated, which is a part of the power platform of Microsoft is called Power Automate. So a lot of approval process, today somebody is applying for a vacation. So a manager spends time to review and approve. Now those things can be completely automated. So a lot of mundane time can be automated. That improves your uh, focus time on really good stuff, and that gives employees that increases your employee satisfaction. So it's a win-win-win situation for everybody involved. I definitely agree. Jason and Dev, thanks so much for joining us today. I really enjoyed our conversation, and I know our audience will find your insights and experiences on upskilling and reskilling informative and useful as they continue to explore ways to move their respective businesses forward. Always a pleasure, Thank you, Paul. Paul. Bye. Stay tuned for future episodes of Business Insights brought to you by MNP. Please check out mnpbusinessinsights.ca to listen to other episodes of our podcast and to learn more about the impact COVID-19 has had and is having on Canadian businesses from coast to coast. Mm -hmm.